catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Go for the pulls and the pools. Go for the oohs and the ahs. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. second wow we appreciate all the love and support that you guys always provide make sure you smash that like button make sure you guys are subscribed to the channel so much to get into there are so many storylines when it comes to your philadelphia eagles right clearly the nicobe dean story with the linebacker room of the safety position battles the right guard position battles the entire georgia bulldog experience bringing their talents from Athens all the way to Philadelphia uh, pressure on these new coordinators Brian Johnson and Sean Desai so much to really tap into but first and foremost I got to tap in with my guy my main man a guy that I haven't had a chance to chat with in quite some time John McMullen our Eagles insider on Jacob Sports how are you feeling today sir I'm doing well yeah uh, back in the grind almost long day First 365 in the morning, Eagles practice, and here we are, football 24-7 at night. It's almost like it's uh, football season. <laughs> you know, the funny thing about it, John, is it seems like the NFL rigmarole never comes to an end. The NFL just has a gridlock on all things news, no matter what it comes to this, the schedule release, when it comes to the draft, when it comes to the regular season, the playoffs, post-June 1st cuts. So much free agency on top of that. Um, the combine, the NFL just continues to have a stranglehold on the entire news cycle 24-7. And that's why we have content like this, football 24-7 on Jacob Sports. And again, make sure you guys smash that like button. So, John, you know, let's hop right into it, right? Today was the first day of OTAs uh, that the media was able to get into. And I want you to give me some of your initial observations, some of your initial, uh, some initial feedback you, that you that you got from being there today. 
Well, I, you know, it, it, it's always one of those things. It's it's fun to see the new players on the field for the first time in a in a practice like environment. I don't want to call it practice. Only you know, um, seven on seven drills in 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 jerseys, so to speak. So jerseys, um, <laughs> I like that. There, there's no uh, obviously contact or anything like that. There's no offensive, defensive line. So. Hard to get a beat on the physicality positions, I like to call them. Um, but you can get a little bit of a beat on the receivers and, you know, the, the defensive backfield and, and what's going on as far as coverage and, and things of that nature. Um, so I tend to focus mainly on that, uh, to tell you the truth, because other than individual drills, when it was Cam Jurgens for those asking uh, at right guard, uh, Lane Johnson uh, wasn't there today, so Jack Driscoll was a right tackle. Right. Um, you know, there's certain things, defensive line, um, you know, in individual drills, Jalen Carter certainly is going to be a big part of this team. We got to talk to Jordan Davis, and, you know, he's expecting it to take a big leap forward when it comes to his role uh, this season. The Kobe Dean, as you mentioned, he was um, the green dot, the starting middle linebacker, as we all expected. Jody asked me that this morning. I said 110% he's going to be the green dot. Well, he's the green dot. He's the guy. Um, and he's the one who's going to be the on-field leader. Nicholas Morrow let the cat out of the bag. He was the other starting linebacker. Um, he also got the podium treatment, so that might not be a positive for Eagles fans because that's a clear indication that he's the other starting linebacker. And unless somebody comes in from outside the organization, I don't think that's going to change. Um, and then you look, A.J. Brown, man, woof. If, if anything, he got bigger. Um, looks like, uh, I get my wrestling references in there. This will be too <laughs> old for you, but he was looking like superstar Billy Graham out there. He just passed away. He's so big. He's so physical. Um, Jalen Hurts looked bigger. He bulked up. Uh, you know, I, I, the offense looks impressive just on the field. When you look at that offensive line and, and all the skill position players, um, they did defer to Boston Scott and Kenny Gainwell as I ex expected they would, but you know, that's a spring thing. I do think when we get to the summer, um, it's going to be, um, Deandre Swift or Rashad Penny. I think that's going to be the battle for the so-called lead back, but they're, they're deferring to the guys who've been here, um, at the first, essentially the first practice. Probably the most interesting thing to me was, and I had speculated a bunch about this, is Avante Maddox didn't practice today. So uh, Zach McPherson was the starting nickel corner. And I don't think he's ever gotten a rep before in the slot. So that to me is a, a, a big thing. I've always thought that was his natural position. Um, doesn't have the length you you probably like outside the numbers. And now that they have Calais Ringo and Greedy Williams and 
Um, it was actually Josh Job who got starting reps at right corner because James Bradbury uh, didn't partake in the team drills and uh, got second team reps at left corner when Darius Slay came out. So Josh Job is taking a step forward. Um, they have a lot of outside corners now uh, to back up Slay and Bradbury, and that should make them a better team because that enables them to move Zach McPherson in the slot to back up uh, Abonte Maddox. You know, when it comes to this team, the offense obviously has the least amount of questions. Maybe you, maybe there's a question at right guard, but for the most part, it's either going to be one of two guys. Uh, and then the running back position, although Boston Scott and Kenny Gainwell did get the bulk of the initial carries today, uh, for the most part, we know how that running back situation is going to look. Swift and Penny and rotating probably either Boston Scott or uh, our guy Kenny Gainwell if he's healthy. Well, if these guys can stay healthy, right? But the defensive side, I believe, is where most of the narratives lie. You know, we mentioned N'Kobe Dean having that green dot, right, indicating he is the starting uh, middle linebacker. But I'm unsure, personally, I'm unsure of how much stock I should really put into that as a spectator, obviously given the circumstances that this is the first day of OTAs, uh, one of six practices, I believe. I'm unsure of how much stock I should really put into that um, what did you observe from the Kobe Dean having the green dot? I know Morrow let the cat out of the bag, and that's not really in the Eagles' nature. They love the they love the mystery of the hunt, right? But what did you <clears> notice from the Kobe Dean today that maybe warranted that green dot? Did you notice anything that fans should, should probably keep their eye on? Maybe fans should be excited about. Um, not necessarily on the field no splash plays or anything of that nature christian ellis who's the backup middle linebacker made the biggest play on defense he really did a nice job in in zone coverage and undercut tyree jackson marcus mariota either didn't see him or just left the ball a little bit short and and ellis was able to intercept it um that's a positive because that's a guy who you, you want to see us take a step forward from being a special teams guy into being a legitimate third linebacker. So I think that's positive. Um, from Nicobe's standpoint, yeah, it's a big deal. I mean, that means you're not going to leave the field pretty much. You're going to be on the field. You know, TJ Edwards is on the field about 92, 93% of the time. Um, he was the green dot last year. Now, yeah, I remember when Jordan Hicks got hurt back in the Super Bowl 52 season and we were all, you know, clamoring to Jim Swartz and saying, well, can Nigel Bradham handle the green dot and, and Jim, you know, for anybody who's ever met Jim, he's not one to give out compliments. So he was like, all he's got to do is repeat what I say. <laughs> it's not that big of a deal. And um, from that perspective, yeah, it's not that big of a deal. It's more of sort of like putting a C on somebody's sweater in hockey okay. or something like that. It, it, Yeah, I mean, all you do, uh, uh, Jim's right. All you're doing is relaying the information. Um, and anybody can do it um, if they can repeat what what the defensive coordinator says. But 
it does mean something from the perspective of they only give it to somebody they trust and they want to to be the leader of the defense. So it is a big it is a big deal uh, for Nicobe. Yeah, definitely. Um, th- that trust, having that green dot, it also can lend to his confidence, right? Um, we know last season, Nicobe Dean really didn't get too many snaps at all. I think he played less than two or three percent of snaps. If 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 that, I, I, the one game that stands out to me, I believe, was that Tennessee Titans game where he got in and they were pretty much crushing the Titans. <clears throat> he got in, he made a few uh, impact plays in a short amount of time, and you know that's pretty much all fans really had to hang their hat on. Um, but from what I'm hearing, Nicobe Dean, he's a smart kid. Obviously, he was uh, an engineer major in college, really intelligent dude. Is it fair to say, though, in, in saying all that, is it fair to say that maybe he kind of got that green dot by default because their linebacker depth isn't really quite impressive? Davion Taylor, Sean Bradley, um, and we know Anthony Morrow is a five- to six-year veteran or something like that, if, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but can one make an argument that he got that green dot by default today and maybe he has to continue to earn it each and every day um i hear what you're saying i mean nicholas morrow is a veteran player he had it last year in chicago uh once they traded uh roquan smith um so they could have given it to him um but he's not the the you know it's not an all pro by any stretch of the imagination. So I think the hope is they're going to get a little bit better. Um, yeah. I mean, I can't argue with you. There's no, there's nobody else uh, other than Christian Ellis. If you could argue if he beats him out, uh, but from talking to the Eagles, they, they it's not like, um, they think this is a bad player. They think this is going to be a very, very good player. Um, it's not just a fault, but clearly this linebacker room is basically N'Kobe Dean and everybody else. Um, hmm. it, now, could that mean they can go out and target some guys? You know, at the yeah, you know, I expect the them to bring in a linebacker at some point. I've been saying that for weeks. I don't know when. Now that June first has has you know come in right. and we're we're in that phase, you know there are some potential trade options that maybe were not uh, likely pre June first. Um, you could go all the way into training camp, and we keep going back. Look, the Eagles needed a safety last last season. They tried to sign. A bunch of players, starting with Marcus Williams. Um, um, they kicked the the tires on on Honey Badger. They kicked the tires on on Justin Reed. They they looked at a lot of safeties. They weren't able to get anything done. They got priced out of the market. Um, uh, Tyron didn't want to play here. Um, wanted to go home. Uh, a lot of things didn't go their way, and all of a sudden it's August 30th, and, you know, it looks like it's going to be Marcus Epps and Anthony Harris, and then they make the trade for C.J. Gardner-Johnson. So same thing could happen at linebacker this year. But right now it's going to be Nicobe Dean and Nicholas Morrow, and clearly to me 
and he started today. And just real quick, bookkeeping purposes, Tuesday was the first OTA practice. Understood. Um, this was the second one, but the first one open to the media. Um, they're going to practice again tomorrow, closed. Um, they have three more next week. Um, and we'll, we'll be able to see one of them, most likely on Thursday. And then they're done um, June 8th uh, uh, until training camp. But, uh, yeah, it, it, it's, it's Nicholas Morrow, Nicobe Dean. And if anybody's going to push anybody, it's Christian Ellis. And it would probably – he'd be pushing – uh, Nicholas Morrow, not the Kobe Dean. Before we transition away from the linebacker, <clears throat> is there any linebacker that's a free agent or a potential trade target that you believe the Eagles should target? You know, they of course they probably have their own flavor, but you've been covering this team for quite some time, and I, I would I would like to think you have a good handle on what this team um, prefers at that position. We all know they like to go cheap there, but again, from a talent perspective and from a traits and characteristics perspective. Um, what guys do you potentially see the Philadelphia Eagles targeting in free agency and or um, trades? Well, you know, Jody has brought up Patrick Queen a lot. Uh, I don't, I look, I don't even know if Baltimore wants to trade him. Um, you know, they just because they drafted a linebacker in the third round doesn't mean they want to start a third round pick. I mean, that's not a guarantee. I mean, we're talking about Sidney Brown. We can talk about Sidney Brown. He, another guy, you know, the starting safeties were Reed Blankenship and, and Terrell Edmonds. And the, the, the second team was Kayvon Wallace and Justin Evans. So they're starting out Sidney Brown very uh, slowly as well. Um, I think the hope is that he'll, he'll garner some playing time pretty quickly. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of players that could come in and help uh, uh, and, and be better. Morrow's interesting to me from the perspective of typically, and I say this all the time, contracts tell you a lot, and they didn't give them one red penny of guaranteed money, which basically means, guess what? If he has a bad summer, you just cut him, move on, go to the next guy. It doesn't hurt you at all. Um, on the other hand, they seem to like him. Um, it's very early in the process, but again, him, him getting the podium treatment today was notable. They don't put people on the podium that they think are going to be gone next week. Um, that's not how they do business. So it's kind of conflicting, um, conflicting signals, but Look, Howie will try to get better if he can get better. Um, you know, to use Queen, they're not giving up a day two pick for Patrick Queen for one year. They're not going to pay the position. We know that. They just had a really good linebacker who they wouldn't pay. Let them they're go not going to take. Yeah, they're not going to take a linebacker from outside the organization, fall in love with him, and pay him. $13 million a year, which is what Patrick Queen would want if he has a good season, well over $10 million at least. Um, they're not doing that. So they're not giving up a day two pick for 
um, for a player that's only going to be here for one season. And, and, and on top of that, again, I don't even know if Baltimore wants to trade them. They think they're a Super Bowl contender. So they might let him play out his contract and say, well, if he does play well and he signs a big money deal, we get potentially the compensatory pick depending on what they do in free agency. So I don't, I don't think he's the fit, but there's, there's plenty of lesser names and plenty of guys that we're not even thinking about that maybe are, backups in other places that would be better um, as a potential number two linebacker here. So I still think they're going to look to add at that position. It's funny. You mentioned how the Eagles don't usually put guys on that podium that they aren't necessarily high on, right? Another guy they had on that podium uh, was Reed Blankenship. And Reed Blankenship had a very interesting uh, season, a very interesting rookie season last year. He was undrafted. And uh, <clears throat> one of his most notable, notable plays was that interception that he got on Aaron Rodgers, which wasn't really, was, which in my opinion, wasn't fluky at all. He he read the play and he, he made the jump on it, right? But Reed, again, Reed Blankenship, he was on that podium. And, um, you know, he, he looked like he bulked up a little bit. And on top of that, he spoke on how in his rookie season, he leaned heavily on guys like C.J. Gardner-Johnson and especially leaned on uh, Marcus Epps, you know, to kind of give him some jewels uh, when it came to, you know, acclimating himself to the NFL and also, you know, just learning the playbook and just pre- pretty much any kind of game that he – any any kind of game that he can kind of squeeze off of him, right? You know, I say all that to say this safety room for the Philadelphia Eagles is extremely young. Uh, the only veteran in the room is Terrell Edmonds. Uh, he's like a five-year veteran, I believe, has a lot of starting experience um, from Pittsburgh. Um, and again, sure, you know, Terrell is the five-year veteran in the room with plenty of experience, but he's still competing with these guys, right? So it begs the question, who's going to end up being the guy that these young that these young cats can really lean on? Again, Terrell Edmonds, he is a five-year veteran. I don't want to dismiss that, but he is competing with these young guys. He was only brought in on a one-year deal. Um, I'm not sure what his guarantees are, but this safety room is extremely young and extremely raw, and there's not too much invested in that room as a whole. I'm curious to know what were your observations from that room um, today at OTAs, and also what's your outlook on the safety room as well? Yeah, I mean, you know, I asked DK McDonald that today, who's the the new secondary coach now. Um, he's not um, a new assistant. He was Denard Wilson's assistant as secondary coach, so he just got bumped up. Um, and I asked him because Reed, you know, Reed really spoke highly of Marcus Epps, as you mentioned, as being, and he was sort of the leader in the defensive backfield when it came to communication. I always say the Eagles, of all the teams, uh, who used the big Fangio scheme or the philosophy, the Eagles right up until the second half of the Super Bowl, the Eagles were the best at it because they communicated the best at it. And one of the big reasons why was Marcus Epps. Um, and that to me is one of those underreported things. Like Marcus is not a great player. Um, not trying to say that CJ was the splashy player getting all the interceptions. 
But the guy who got everybody lined up correctly and the guy who got everybody in the right positions for most of the season, the Eagles, and again, nobody's perfect, but the Eagles had far less blown coverages than most teams that play this particular defensive style. Um, And people saw how ugly it could get in the Super Bowl when it breaks down and you're not communicating correctly. It looks pretty ugly. Um, So... He's gone, and, you know, Reed Blankenship, it's interesting. Of all the rookies, Jordan Davis, N'Kobe Dean, Cam Jurgens, um, Jordan the first-round pick, Cam the second-round pick, N'Kobe the third-round pick, the, the rookie who played the most for the Eagles last season was Reed Blankenship, um, and he played well, but it's still a, a small sample size. I'm not sure you default to him and say similar to what you're saying about N'Kobe Dean and saying, all right, he's got to be the guy who gets everybody lined up correctly. Absolutely. And, and they, the, they got to earn it, right? Yeah. Um, is that going to be Terrell Edmonds? It hasn't been his role in the past. That was Minka Fitzpatrick in, in Pittsburgh. Um, Justin Evans, don't even know if he's going to make the team. Um, he's a veteran player. And then you start talking about Kayvon Wallace, who I think is is not going to be in the conversation. I think we've seen. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. enough but you know he'll get one last opportunity and then you have Sidney Brown and look I I you know how we said years ago hope is not a strategy and this goes for every third round pick there's going to be third round picks who turn into really good players really good players in the NFL from this year's draft to assume a third-round pick is going to just step in and play at a high level, that's that's hope. That's hope, and that's not a strategy. 
And that's from so, Howie, not from it's me. So, it's, it's, it's so funny. Cilio says that all the time. Shout out to Dan Cilio from uh, Jacob Sports and National Football Show. He says, listen, when it comes to hope and faith, you fans can play around with that. But we have to deal in facts and reality. And the fact of the matter is, like you said, Sidney Brown, third-round pick, has to earn his keep. Uh, I believe I was I was reading Jeff Kerr's article. The starting safeties uh, in OTAs were Reed Blankenship and Terrell Edmonds, yeah. and then uh, Kavon Wallace and Justin Evans. Justin Evans uh, was uh, was the second team, and then Cindy Brown would rotate with Kavon and Justin Evans. Correct? Yeah, he did get some uh, second team reps in the practice, but it started with. Uh, uh, the second team was Kayvon and Justin, and then he kind of rotated in. Um, and, yeah, that's fine. I mean, I, I I don't think you can say, hey, we got a third-round pick. Let's put him above yeah. Reed Blankenship, who played for you last season. Yeah. And um, Terrell Edmonds, who, as you mentioned, uh, has started – he's new here, but – a lot he of experience. A heck of a lot of football games for a pretty good defense most of the time in, in Pittsburgh. So um I didn't expect him to start um um ahead of those guys, but I was a little surprised that Justin Evans was ahead of him. Really um, quickly though, you you brought up DK McDonald, right? Um he got you know he got the uh, got the pay bump, got the promotion, so on and so forth. Can you describe the challenge he has? Obviously, his cor- his cornerback room has the most experience with Slay, Bradbury, Avanti Maddox. But when it comes to his safety room, describe the challenge he faces being a new DB coach for the Philadelphia Eagles, a, a new DB coach in this NFL. I'm not, I'm not sure he's been um, the, the top DB coach before. I'm currently from wrong. But sp- speak on the challenge he faces coaching up these young guys because it can't be easy. No, but I, I mean, that's, you know, that's the job of a position coach and, and DK kind of explained. I mean, look, I mean, that's part of the gig in the NFL. You're always going to have turnover um, as a as a coach and you got to get things up to speed as, as sort of quickly as possible. Um, and the Eagles did a really good job with, Denard Wilson specifically getting uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson integrated so quickly after trading for him so late. Um, That was really impressive. And D.K. was a part of that. I mean, you know, again, he was um, in that room uh, and he's been a guy who's just been elevated and he's coached defensive backs at the college level. He's, you know, been the full-time leader. Um, which is not the same, obviously, as uh, doing it in the NFL. But, um, yeah, there's some there's some issues at safety. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt about that. I, I There's issues in the back seven. Same thing we were talking about linebackers. I mean, I, I'm not comfortable with this back seven. And, and I'm mainly talking about the safeties. Obviously, the corners are – Tremendous, uh, Darius Slay, James Bradbury, Abonte Maddox. Um, that's I mean, you're right, your entire middle of the field is compromised essentially. Yeah, um, you know, and they lost Javon Hargrave. I'm not as concerned with that simply because I, I just, you know, anybody who knows, I Chandler Carter's so gifted. Um, 
he's going to be fine as long as he, um, you know, matures a little bit, stays out of trouble off the field. On the field, he's, you know, he's he's going to be unbelievable. Um, how quickly? Pretty quickly. I mean, I I think he's that talented. He's that good. So I don't worry about interesting because Javon was such a good player here. Um, and I'm sure he'll continue to be in San Francisco, but I don't even worry about that. Um, TJ Edwards, Kaiser White, who aren't as good as players as Javon Hargrave, I worry about it more because there's not a talent level. Kobe's talented, but he's not Jalen Carter talented. Um, Nicholas Morrow, you know, is sort of a journeyman. And Kaiser White wasn't a great player, but he's it's better fair. than Nicholas Morrow. Yeah, um, I, yeah, I think with that linebacker room, it maybe wasn't the most, at least from last season, right? It it didn't have the most talent, but it was experienced. And you kind of leverage those two things. And with Morrow, experienced, but not the most talented. Nicobe Dean, talented and smart, but not the most experienced. Yeah. Um, and then safety. Again, you don't have the playmaker you had last year, and you don't have the 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 traffic cop, so to speak, that you had last year. Um, and maybe that changes. Um, but again, we go back to hope is is not uh, not a strategy. Hope doesn't live here, right, John? <laughs> but you know, I wanna I wanna pick your brain real quick. You know, we spoke about Nicobe Dean. I want to get deeper into the Georgia Bulldog experience that's going on in Philadelphia right now. Obviously, you brought up Jalen Carter, uh, Jordan Davis. We have that guy over here, Nolan Smith, a fan favorite right now, Dean Keely Ringo. And then you traded for DeAndre Swift, a former uh, Georgia Bulldog as well. Um, but I want to get your take on not just that Georgia Bulldog experience as, it, as it's materializing uh, with the Philadelphia Eagles, but also touch on the entire Eagles rookie class and what you've observed from those guys. Like again, Carter, uh, Ringo, Nolan Smith. We mentioned Sidney Brown a bit. Um, Tyler Steen competing for that right guard spot. You have Tanner McKee, uh, most likely will be the third competing for the third string quarterback spot with uh, Ian book. And uh, another guy that I like doesn't get talked about much. Um, Moro Ujomo out of Texas. Um, he kind of gives me Milton Williams vibes. Um, but again, Give me, give me your thoughts on this rookie class, the Georgia Bulldog experience, how it's materialized in OTA so far. Um, just give me your overall uh, synopsis. Well, a lot of people, you know, this happens every year in the NFL. A lot of people get really excited. Look at last year's draft. I mean, Jordan, Jordan Davis um, didn't play a lot. Um, was getting better. Then he got hurt. Then he didn't play a lot because the Eagles brought in um, – and Dominic and Sue and, and Linval, more more so Linval Joseph in his case, um, didn't play a lot. Uh, Nicobe Dean played 34 snaps or whatever. Um, Cam Jurgens played 32 snaps. Um, they didn't play. They didn't play because the Eagles were a good team and they had the luxury of, you know, Jason Kelsey was keeping Cam Jurgens on the bench. Uh, T.J. Edwards was keeping Nicobe Dean on the bench. And um, as I mentioned, Linball Joseph, when he got here, kept Jordan Davis on the bench. 
with some of these guys, Nolan Smith, as you mentioned, like how much is he going to play? You you have Hassan Reddick, you have Josh Sweat, you have Brandon Graham. How sure. much is he going to play? You know, that's not to say he's not going to be a good player, but they have the luxury of of, of sort of weeding uh, with Nolan Smith. Um, the same thing with uh, Kaylee Ringo, talented player. Uh, you have James Bradbury and Darius Slay. Nobody's expecting Kaylee Ringo to play this year. And if he is playing, it's because of uh, injuries, and that's not what you want. Um, so to me, other than Jalen Carter, and you mentioned Moro Jomo, same thing. I mean, you have Jalen Carter. You have Fletcher Cox. You have Milton Williams at, at sort of that three-technique, four-eye technique position. Uh, depending if you're in 40 or 50 fronts, wh- where's, you know, Moro Jomo, where's he playing? Uh, the Eagles are so deep on the defensive line. So a bunch of these guys are not supposed to play um, that much. In the case of some, they will be complete red shirts. In the case of others, you know, I expect Nolan Smith to have a role, probably 10, 15 snaps a game um, and, and maybe if he plays well and then them, he, he carves out more playing time. So, you know, Jalen Carter's expected to play, will play, will play a significant role. Um, and then I think the hope is, and we get back into that hope conversation, the hope is Sidney Brown breaks through. And with Tyler Steen, I, I, I think it's, um, I think it's been overblown. I think Cam Jurgens is going to be uh, the starting right guard, but um, why do you think it's been overblown? Because I think um, I think people are sort of caught up in the theory that the Eagles want Brandon Brooks. Um, you know, they want that big uh, body to sort of uh, protect Jason Kelsey because Jason's undersized. You think people um, are getting caught up with the shiny new toy? You think that's what it is? Yeah, and two things. I mean, Tyler Steen's not Brandon Brooks. <laughs> yeah, Brandon you, 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 you got to accomplish yeah. a lot before you can yeah. get to that. <laughs> um, uh, so that's number one. And, you know, it, the Eagles need depth. Uh, and they have Jack Driscoll. But remember, they lost Andre Dillard, so... You know, Tyler Steen can can back up guard. He can play tackle. He played left tackle at Alabama, played left tackle at Vanderbilt. They need a backup left tackle. Um, that's not where he's going to be long-term. And I think he could be a starter long-term. But, again, you're talking about the 65th player in the draft, not the 15th. You know, uh, I, so from that standpoint, look at, look at Cam Jurgens, right? Cam was – 51? Yeah, I believe so, uh, yes. Tyler, 65. I mean, why is everybody thinking, oh, he's going to start day one? Man, that's not how it works. You know, I think I think what it is, Eagles fans, even myself, right, we've been so spoiled with the Jeff Stoutland effect. He can turn anyone into an all-pro. He can turn anyone into a pro bowler. That's just in Jeff Stoutland's DNA. 
um, guilty by proximity. If you're next to Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson, Melada, all those boys, if you can turn Melada into a pro bowler, he can turn anybody into a pro bowler. If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. They think Jeff Stoutland can do pretty much anything on his planet when it comes to any uh, talent, no but, matter but, how but, bottom of the barrel it may be. Well, n- none of the, by no means are, you know, any of these guys bottom of the barrel. But in the case, I think people forget, Jordan Mailata was a three-year project. Isaac Sam, did, it took didn't he Isaac's, go to IMG Academy? I believe and he worked with. Uh, uh, he 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 no he he didn't play high school. He he worked. Well, no, well, not play, there. but um, yeah, he worked out there it, with. Uh, what was it with Chung? Uh, yeah, Eugene Chung. Eugene um, Chung, international pathway program player, um, and that's where they sort of everyone got to see those guys uh, work out. Um, but, uh, it, he was a three-year project. Isaac Sayamala was a third. Isaac said, by, by the way, Isaac was a third round pick, just like Tyler Steen. Um, hey. Isaac, um, didn't play at all. Essentially his first season got some snaps played all over the place. When he did play showed his versatility on, on the Super Bowl season. They wanted him to be the starting left guard. Wasn't that Wisniewski? Well, he got benched for Stefan Wisniewski. Um, And people forget that. So I forgot. You you reminded me, John. (laughs) What, what, you know, Jeff develops players, but it takes a while. Um, And in the case of Tyler Steen, remember, He's been strictly a left tackle, uh, played some right tackle early in his career in college. Yeah, very But he's strictly a tackle, and he's projected inside because he doesn't have the typical arm length that NFL people look for in tackles. Um, But that's his natural position, tackle. So you're asking him to go to a non-natural position and saying, oh, he's going to be fine on day one of his rookie season. Now, Cam's been here for a year. Cam is already in that process of being developed by, by, by Jeff Stoutland. Um, Tyler Steen's probably going to be a really good player. It's just going to take a while. So as we begin to close the show, John, you know, I, I held you up for about 40 minutes and I appreciate your patience as always, man. Uh, the, the way you grind, it's, it's uh it's relentless. But again, I appreciate you, man. As we begin to close the show, you know, I want to touch on one last position battle that I believe is very much up in the air. I don't care what any fan anyone says. I understand Quez Watkins has been here for much longer than Olimide's accused, but I believe that slot wide receiver position is completely up for grabs, and Quez Watkins still has to earn um not just um equity with his team because he has dropped some key, key balls and key, some key situations, but I think he needs to prove it to himself that he can still play this game um, at a high level. Granted, he's very young, but I've, I've, I've personally seen some things from Quez Watkins that I didn't really like last season, as far as rounding off routes and, you know, kind of giving him, uh, giving him on the ball. If he felt like it was out of reach, I'm allowing his himself to get muscled out of position by DBs. I'm curious to know what's your overall thoughts on that slot receiver, uh, position battle if there is one um i think it's um it's a labeling thing and i don't think it's that um 
when you say labeling thing, what do you mean? Are you are you talking about the labeling of the slot receiver? Yeah, labeling of where guys play. Like the okay. Eagles use so many. Like Devontae lines up in the slot. AJ lines up in the slot. That's true. Um, not as much, obviously. Um, does number Quez, three receivers? It, does that sit better with you? <laughs> well, the only reason I say that because I think you know people say, "Oh, Quez is in there. He lines up in the slot." I think he had about seven hundred and thirty snaps last year about 500 something were in the slot so he definitely lined up there um more than anywhere else but the eagles kind of move because aj and Devontae can play anywhere so they can do a lot of different things and move those guys around where they want to take advantage of of uh of certain matchups the reason i bring that up is a, a labeling problem because i think that wide receiver three notation is, oh, he's going to be the slot receiver. I think the Eagles might go about it different this year. Hmm. And it might be uh, Alameda Zacchaeus, who's more of a natural slot receiver, uh, playing when they need a slot receiver, and Quez playing when they need another outside receiver. I think it might fall into place with guys playing more natural positions. Because not everybody's like AJ and Devontae can move around and do different things. So that third receiver position is more so going to be a more so going to be a utility position, kind of like last season with Zach Pascoe and Quez. They kind of rotated depending on the formation. Yeah, and I think I think even Dan Arnold uh, might be in that equation as the second tight end. He's really a glorified. So people are saying like, how do you replace Zach Pascoe? Maybe you replace Zach Pascoe with Dan Arnold as sort of a blocker flex receiver. But, you know, the labeling part is he's a tight end. He's a wide receiver. Well, yeah, but, you know, if a flex tight end is playing in the slot 90% of the time, what is he? Just because you call him a tight end doesn't mean that's his, his, his role on the field. Um, so that's what I mean by the label. Like, I think people get caught up in labels. The most obvious, which drives me crazy, you know, tone is edge rushers, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Sean yeah, Reddick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sean Reddick's a linebacker. Well, because you label him a linebacker, but all he does is rush the passer. Um, and that's all he should do. And that's why people are saying, is Nolan Smith, maybe you can move Nolan Smith, uh, to off ball linebacker. And right. he'd be an upgrade over Nicholas Morrow. No, he wouldn't. And Nicholas is a much better player. He's a much better player as an edge rusher, not playing out of position at a position he doesn't know how to play. Then the guy who knows how to play the position becomes the better player. Um, so labeling is an issue with the NFL. And yeah, it drives me crazy. Um, but Quez probably shouldn't play in the slot as much as he did last season. And the Eagles have a guy who can play in the slot, so maybe it works out. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. You know, John, again, as we begin as we begin to close the show, I gotta give you your flowers once again. <laughs> I love I love how I love how open you are to the, the direction the NFL is going. You've been covering this game. You've been covering sports for quite a long time. And you've earned your stake in this game. And 
you've seen the NFL, you've seen the game evolve over the years. And there are some guys who tend to stay stuck in their ways because they love the way the game was played at one point. But, you know, with you covering the game and you and with you covering the game as well as you do, you have to be open to how the game has become somewhat positionless, kind of like basketball right now. You don't really have the the five or the four anymore. Now you just have a big, you know what I mean? So um, I got to give you your flowers, man, when it comes to that, you know, your ability, your willingness to continuously just evolve with the game and um, how you stick to your guns, especially with your overhand guys. I, I, I truly admire it, John, truly. Well, they are overhang guys. That's why, <laughs> you know, we just got a comment. On, I also hate when you say three. I also love when you when you when you check guys on the whole three four thing. That that's funny. Well, as well. the three four, the four three. We're saying, I you know, the Eagles don't play three linebackers ever, 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 ever. They don't play three linebackers. Uh, they play either a uh, 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 50 front or a 40 front. The 50 front is with the overhang players, Hassan Reddick typically, and Josh Sweat, Jordan Davis at nose tackle, and then a couple four eye techniques. And then they go to the 40 front, which is the pass rushing front, and that's the more traditional. That's where Hassan Reddick will play defensive end uh, with Josh Sweat. You have three technique as Fletcher Cox this year. It might be more Jalen Carter. You might kick Brandon Graham inside for a NASCAR package. Um, it might be Jalen Carter and Fletcher Cox together. Um, so they play a 50 front or they play a 40 front. There is no more 4-3. There is no more 3-4. All base defenses in the NFL are nickels, nickel defenses, extra defensive back. Um, you guys heard it here first. Drives me, me nuts. <laughs> on that note, you guys, make sure you smash that like button. We really appreciate you guys for locking in. As always, on Football 24-7 with John McMullen. I'm your guy, Tony DeShields the second. Once again, smash that like button. Make sure you guys are subscribed to the Jacob Sports YouTube channel. And also, if you guys want more content from John McMullen, if you guys love John McMullen's writing, and if you're avid readers, if you love to get deep into the minutia, make sure you guys lock in on jkipsports.com that's j-a-k-i-b sports.com there you'll find articles by our guy john mcmullen and in-season guys like paul domowich and joe santa liquido you guys take care smash that like button again this has been football 24 7 with john mcmullen and i'm your guy tony this is the second one love stay humble stay healthy and most importantly stay hungry go for the polls and the pools Go for the oohs and the ahs. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. When you need 
mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.